podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. From the Fifth Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. And now, your host, Steve Collins. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Coach Unplugged. I'm so happy you decided to join us. Um, before we jump in, you know, I don't do this every week, but I would love if you went over, left a review, left a comment. I listened to all of those. Um, you know, give me some topics sent, sent over to, to Steve at teachups.com. What kind of topics do you want to hear? Um, but before we jump into today's topic, I'd like to give a big shout out to our two sponsors. First of all, Dr. Dish, the number one shooting machine on the market. Um, I've tried them all and this is, uh, not only, not only how innovative are, but you know, the workouts and, and what, what, what I love about Dr. Dish is they give back to the community. If you, if you follow them on the face on Facebook, if you follow them on Twitter, they're always giving back to the basketball community. And you mentioned coach unplug, they'll give you $450 off. Also go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. It is a one-stop shop for basketball coaches. It's resources, it's handouts, it's videos, it's one-on-one calls, it's office hours. It's a coach. It's a, it's a, it's a resource run by a coach for a coach. It's not not an ex-coach, not someone that's been let go, not someone that's um, coaching part-time. This is what I do, um, and Teach Hoops helps me keep the bills on. It helps me put up these podcasts, 13 podcasts a week. Teach Hoops helps me uh, be able to do that, and, and it's a roadmap for you to be successful, and let me help you in this great journey that we call coaching. But let's head off to the podcast. Well, and I don't, to be fair, I don't think like, I, I agree with you. If, if we've got, let's say on practice, you know, cause we go in, I go in fours, right? So every fourth, every fifth practice is an addition to a concept. So if it's a five minute drill, it's the same five minute drill and you know, they've, they've established it. Right. So we're maintaining right. pace, tempo, all that yep. stuff. But if they're not ready to move on to the next thing, We'll do it again, but it's still in it. That slot is still in practice. It's still the same amount of time. We just right. won't, uh, we won't, we won't step forward. You know you what I mean? Yeah. You won't, so, you won't go in the progression. Yeah, the, the I'm not going to, yeah. yes. <laughs> yeah. So, but it gives, it gives me an idea of, it, it takes away from my perspective, the, the, the urge to go, well, we need to go another 10 minutes in here. Cause we got to right. do, you know what I mean? Cause I know it's yeah. coming. I know we can address it. I don't feel personally that sense of urgency. Right. Well, and I, and I, and like, we're already starting this. So we just finalized our schedule for next year. Mm-hmm. We're already saying, all right, hey, we got two days here before this opponent. We got three mm-hmm. here when, and then we'll map out like, cause we have like, I think 13 practices before our first game. So we have to map out when can we get everything If you don't do, I don't know how people coach and don't, part of it might be our math minds, but yeah. I don't know how people do it and don't plan. I just don't, I, I mean, I wouldn't, I'd be, I'd be two days before the game and we don't have any out of bounds plays in if I didn't do that. Like, like whoa, whoa, what are you talking about? Like, I, I won't name names, but I've coached with people who, you know, we'd be five minutes before practice and I wouldn't know what the hell we were doing. I couldn't tell you what the first drill was. Okay. I didn't know why. I was like, I'm just, I can coach basketball. Coach, you tell me what I need to do and I'll be, you know, and I'll, I'm a, I'll grind it out and we'll figure it out. But I just, and it's a different style, right? Some people it have is. that in them. I can't, man. And I could I, do it. Trust me. I could do that. I just oh, don't sure. think I'm doing it. Sir. I mean, I've coached. Yeah. I could show up and I would probably, we would probably be okay. But it's like, and the thing is, I usually 
like I'll have this outline for two, three weeks. And then I will come home usually on the drive home. It's about a 10 minute drive home. It's like, Oh crud. All right. So then I pull up when I get home after everyone's kind of in bed and go, all right, we need to work on it. we like, so I'm shifting the next mm-hmm. day. I don't, some people do it the next morning. I like to do it right after while it's still fresh in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, pra- and I tape practice, which is probably not the greatest thing in the world for me, but then I'll come home and watch parts of it. It's like, Oh crud, that didn't like, mm-hmm. da, da, da. and then it's flabbergasts them when I'll see them in the hallway the next day. And it's like, come here, come here. And they'll mm-hmm. go, what? I go, well, at 1 a.m., here's what I saw in their eyes go about this big. <laughs> they go, what do you mean? Right. I go, when you were sound asleep, you know, you know, I was watching film. So let's talk mm-hmm. about what you didn't do yesterday. And it's like, it's nice to have that eye in the sky so they know that they're. <laughs> they're kind well, of- how much how much do you watch film with the team? I do. So I, I try to treat us like a college team. I really do. And I've always done this. I used to do paper scouts and two VCRs mm-hmm. and all that. So. Um, I, that has gotten, I tell you one thing that has gotten like shorter and shorter over the years. Sure. Um, sure. uh, we will, we will watch. So at the day after a game, we, we watched that game and we watched maybe five, 10 minutes of clips, but I'm a big notebook guy. I come in, I have them write down things. Then I cold call them and ask them like, you know, like, um, Anthony, what did you, what did you think was one of the things we did well yesterday? And then one, mm-hmm. so I'll cold call them if they don't know. Then we'll have a discussion and then um, we'll work. We'll talk about, we'll usually time 10 to 15 possessions from that game of pluses and minuses, good things and bad mm-hmm. things. And then the next day or the day after, depending on when we have late practice, then we'll work on opponents. And the thing is, it's crazy how kids know. I don't know if it's, it's like the, at this, your level, but my kids know their kids better than I do in some respects. Like, it's crazy because they play with them all. Like it's all AAU, it's all summer, it's all that kind of stuff. So they'll they, go, oh, that kid's out with a sprained ankle, or that kid mm-hmm. likes two dribbles and a pull-up, coach. And I go, yep, mm-hmm. put that. Let's put. We'll get that in the scout. That's great. Blah blah blah. It's like, um, but we spend a lot of time. I do a lot of like life. Le- it, it's a time for me to have them in my room, um, build some relationships. Um, it's very conversational. It's like this. We're just talking. Sure. Um, I do checkerboard them because they're teenage boys. So they, every other seat, every other row, otherwise they're mm-hmm. like poking each other and right. acting like teenage boys, but they're good. They're really good. Um, they love my room because I have a food drawer in my room. So, um, oh. oh, it's crazy. Yeah, that'll do. That'll yeah, it's, do. A, it's an old filing cabinet. And it's like, got it's got like apples and oranges and snacks and all this kind of stuff. And part of this is the teaching part of me. They can come in whenever they want, as long as they're not late for class. And all they have to do is say, hi, coach, get their food. And then they have to say, thank you before they leave. That's all. There you go. I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to get touch points. It's all I'm trying yeah, to, yeah. Do is to get touch points. Um, yeah. And teenage boys like food. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now, college girls are not that different. <laughs> really? We have right, right behind my laptop here is I call it my continental breakfast. Okay. We've got peanut butter sandwiches, jelly, right. And chocolate milk. Mike, you know, they're, they're, they're coming in all the time, making sandwiches and getting something to drink. And it's just, it's a, it's great for them because you know, every, who doesn't love peanut butter sandwiches and you can make it however you want. Yeah. And I get to see them. Right. right. And so then they're talking to me about, you know, I got it's this tough. on this math test yes. or, it's you know, touch point. it's, it's just great. It's it great is. stuff. It is. It yeah. is. And then, 
you know, you'll get the ones that are shy that won't want to say anything and blah, blah, blah. Oh, these, these granola bars are really good coach. I go, okay, mm -hmm. I'll go back. And it's literally like, it was one of the smartest things I did it pre COVID for four or five years. And then COVID hit, I had to stop. Then I'm, I started up again this year and it was, mm -hmm. oh my God, it was, it's, I love it. I love it. I just like seeing them. Part of the coaching mm -hmm. is like, it's that relationship. Um, uh, so if you, um, what do you look for in a recruit? You're at a two-year college, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's a big change. Uh, and I don't necessarily love it, frankly, between you know coming from the four-year level to doing it the two-year level. And I treat this level like it's the four-year because I don't want it to be culture shock for them. Right. Um, I think at, we need to be – there's a lot of things, but I'm trying to think of like how to put it succinctly the biggest thing for me, like if I'm calling you or if I'm reaching out to you, there's no question you can play for whatever reason the recruits will often think they're still being evaluated. Like their basketball ability is still being evaluated. It's like, I'm not calling you if I don't know if you can play, I don't have time. I talk to 300 girls a year. And right. when I say that people go, what? I'm like, yes, I recruit everybody and their grandmother that can actually play. Right? right. So what I'm really looking for coach is I'm looking for people who don't get scared away. And what I mean by that is I really outline for them exactly what I'm doing and what, it, what the program is about and how we help you. And we're very specific. I don't, I don't get very uh, vague or general with how we do things. And I know I've, I've, been, I've worked with coaches that have been concerned about, well, if we tell them how it really is, then we won't get anybody, right? Or we'll lose out on these kids or, or we'll, we'll scare them or, or however. And I jokingly tell them on the first call, I'm trying to scare you away. I want you to hear that we have five, that we're in the weight room five days a week and that we have a trail run on Saturdays that's four miles long and have you go, I don't want to do that. I want you to do that because then I can move on to the next girl who can play and that wants to do that. Right. Because she's got goals that she's trying to accomplish. Right. Right. So I'm trying to differentiate the, you know, the people who communicate that they want to play at the division two or the division one level, but they want it like they want to win the lottery. Right. It's like, yeah, it'd be great if I won the lottery, but I'm not going to lose sleep that I didn't win it. Right. It's like, I want the athletes who are coming here because if they don't make it, it will hurt them on some level. Right? right. And that they want to know why coming here is different. Right? right. Like I don't, I don't say to the girls in the call with them, Hey, if you come here, I'm going to make you better. Cause the answer is, well, you're going to get better if you were in a gym by yourself for two years, right? right? You're already good enough and you want it. Why here? And why specifically? And I try to address that with them. And with the idea that if I scare them away, they weren't going to make it anyway. But uh, right. so, so you, but you have to have a, here's the issue I would have as sitting in your seat. I, the, the, sure. the, the it's like, how do I, I, I'm, I, someone's going to, you must be in the, you must be in the high level right now because someone's coming like, at least it may, unless it's different with girls, like my, there's guys that are still thinking they're going to get calls, <laughs> you know? Oh, it's like, not any different. Okay. It's it's not any so, different because I I can play D two coach or I can go D I can mm -hmm. go D three or I can go someone's will I I'll go to prep school or like mm -hmm. when at what point do you get commits That's what I 
Because you're not kidding. No one's committing to come to you in November. Probably. Yeah, they are. They are. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the. Frankly, I like that. That's the conception. Okay. And it's not true then. Right. And I, I, I benefit from the lack of that. Right. Like there's, there's a, and it's, there's a lot of reasons for it. Right. Is that, um, you know, there'll be girls that, um, don't want to wonder this, which is very different than the men's side. Right. So a lot of times the men are more likely to, at least anecdotally in my experience are more likely to wait till June to decide where they're going to go. That's not universal. Right. Right. Like there's, there's athletes that I have offers out to right now who are still waiting to see if they get a phone call from the dream school. Right. Right. But I also have girls who have already signed because they understand if they were going to go division one, they'd have already been recruited. Well, they've already moved on from that. Yeah. (laughs) Right. That's, but they don't always understand that. And the, and the, 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 you know, the support system around them isn't necessarily telling them that. Um, and so what, what I find is that the girls that commit when they do are bought into how we do it and our day-to-day process. And they understand that this is going to, I'm going to get better doing this and he can show me how to do do it that that way. Right. Right. The the way to be successful. Is it a proximity thing? Is it a proximity thing that they're closer, that they're not going far away? Or is it, are you go, are you having kids come long distances to do that? Well, it's like I I have my starting point guard last year was from Florida. I'm in Washington state. Right. And my, my favorite question I would get was like, well, why the, you know, why the hell did she come from Florida all the way to Washington state? And I said, it's not because we were the, she, we're the only place she can play. Right. Like that's, that's not it. There's places that were closer to her that wanted her. She came here because of how we do it. Right. And I was honest with her and we had the, you know, the connection that we built during the recruiting process. And so, you know, I think, you know, we had a, we had a young lady from France. We had a girl from Arizona. We've got, you know, uh, two recruits from Texas this year. It's, we're not. Um, how do you how do you do that with your budget? No, there's there's ways. <laughs> okay, you know I, I you you know I don't I don't get to fly to Texas to sit in a gym and watch a watch jamboree. That. Yeah, right, right. right. But um, you know there's if you do film. it long enough and yeah. there's film and there you have connections and you can if right. you do your homework, right, right. So yeah. like I'm gonna have um, I'm gonna have a recruit on campus next week from Arkansas, right? And it's like that's just. When you, when you can communicate what your program is in a way that isn't vague, I think that resonates, right? Because they're not just hearing, well, if you come here, I can get you better, right? Or if you come here, I can get you to the division two level. It's like, well, what the hell does that mean? Right. Like what, how, Yes. how are you going to do that? Right. Don't just say it. Right. And so we answer that. And I think that means something you to have the a people who really want You it. have the roadmap. You have yeah. the roadmap. Here's the roadmap. You, you might not mm-hmm. want this roadmap. But here's the road. Here's the map we're following. Yes. Yeah. Or the or and the it, outline or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And, and we're not the well, it's not the only way to do it. It's just right. how we do it. Right. And if you don't want to do it that way, cool. Go play right. somewhere else. Right. Right. Like well, it's fine. Well, you could start in Chicago. There's more than one way to get to Miami. Like, yes. More than one route. Yes. So, that, one's not necessarily faster depending on traffic. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, 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 yeah. And to be honest with you, that's that makes you unique. Because I tell all my guys, I said, whatever they're saying to you, they're probably saying 
that to 12 other people and they're probably saying it differently and it's like yes it's like it's mm -hmm. crazy it's crazy land yes yeah i know and um, i hope that it differentiates me that's my hope right is in recruiting that it differentiates my communication from others and then they go oh you know but he was really honest with me and i haven't i know what he's saying you know like and then there's something there right no i love that i love that um what do you think the hardest thing to teach is well it's not the triangle offense um you know the triangle offense we, let's we, let's talk about the triangle offense and we'll come back to that so why did you why did you land on the triangle offense you a bulls fan i wasn't in the moment i wasn't and i i regret it i regret not being a bigger michael jordan fan right like how did i not appreciate and looking back on it i i the the, the lebron james michael jordan debate is not a debate Fellas, it's just not. I don't understand it. Oh, it's it not. Was, a it's Michael, it's not and it's over. There's yeah. sorry. Go um, see Air. It's unbelievably good. Go see the I movie. Can't wait. It's I can't so wait. Good. It's so yep. good. I so I don't remember last time I went to a movie in a movie theater. I went. Oh, maybe I went and saw Avatar, but it was so good. I, it, I'm really it was like excited. I looked up and it was like an hour and a half, and it was over. Great actors I, like Affleck and Bateman and and mm -hmm. uh, Damon. It's like mm -hmm. really good. So good. You know. So, you know that Michael was transcendent when you see who they cast to play his mom and you're like, oh, they nailed it. <laughs> they did nail like, it. Like, would you, that if they did the a movie? Deal. That was part of the deal that she had to have that. And it was like, in my wife, my she hasn't seen the movie, but she goes, like, I, I still have my college, like, I graduated high school in 85 when all this was starting. I wasn't going to buy Jordans. Like, some of my mm -hmm. friends did, but I wasn't. I had Converse, man. I had Converse mm -hmm. All-Stars. I still got them upstairs. And it's like, I just, I look at him and I go, oh crap, if I'd have bought original, I'd, oh my God, I could right. retire. Oh my God. <laughs> right. Because I still have my Converse, which aren't worth nearly as much as the, uh, the Jordans would have been if I'd have kept them. But, uh, Man. I know, I know. If only you would have bought Bitcoin, right? I did buy uh, Bitcoin. I did buy Bitcoin. No. I did buy Bitcoin. It's gone, gotcha. going back up, it's not down today. Um, so no, let's go back to the triangle. So, sure. uh, why? Is it the type of kid you recruit? Is it? No. Um, you know, I, so when I was coaching high school boys, um, I didn't love any of the motion offense that we had, that I had coached under, but I felt like we needed one, especially in Oregon. Cause you don't have a shot clock. And so we, I, I kind of started to enjoy blocker mover and I was like, Hey, we should do this. And so we did it for two years and we really struggled with it. And what I, what I realized was, is that our boys at our level did not have the requisite athleticism to give them access to the other side of the floor. So we would never see, right. The flare pass. We would never see the second side unless we, you know, swung it through, which is not block or mover at that point, right. You're doing right. something else. And so that was, that kind of stuck with me. I was like, Oh God, if I ever go back, I got to do something. I got to address it differently. One, we have to be more significant in the weight room. But anyway, so then we get to, the, I, I go up and I, I'm starting to coach women uh, at the junior college level. And I wasn't in charge of the offense. I was in charge of the defense. But as I'm building these defenses, I'm looking at the offenses that are being run. And there's a lot of five out dribble drive out here, right on the West Coast. Um, a little bit of flex, not a lot of ball screens. And what I found was, like you can run five out, but you don't have access 
to all five players, right? Like they, they just, it, for whatever reason, it, it's the level, say what you will, they, they just didn't. It was almost like you didn't have to guard all five based on their formation. And so I started thinking to myself like, okay, well, what if you're in an environment where you don't, if in a five out, I can't access everybody, right? And the key is overly crowded. In, in my opinion, from an offensive perspective, how do I score? Right. And I, and I'm, I can't shoot just the lights out. Right. Like I'm, I'm not rolling out with 40% three point shooters up and down my lineup, though there is one team and they went undefeated this year that did that, but I was not, <laughs> we did not have that. And so it was like, well, so what do we do? And so I started going back and thinking, okay, well, before the whole Steph Curry three point shooting revolution happened, threes weren't being taken. Spacing wasn't this, you know, fab thing. Let me go look at what, you know, teams were doing when there was no spacing, when spacing wasn't a thing. So I went and I looked at like the eighties Celtics and the Lakers and I was looking at that and I was like, that's why I can't, I can't do that. There's three people with a foot in the paint on offense and the point guard is two feet inside the three point. I can't do that. Like that's, that's too far in the other direction. Right. So then I went and said, well, what, what worked in the nineties? And of course it was the bulls. And then you start learning about the triangle offense. You're like, well, this offense won what 11 NBA titles in 22 years, something like that. Like, well, so what the hell is this? Like what's going on? And so I went in and I started to really study it and look at it. And some of the, the, the concepts of everybody's one pass away, right. Um, by formation, you take people out of zone. Like there was stuff about it that I was like, there is some really cool stuff here. Are you able to isolate? Were they able to isolate Michael in that? I don't remember. No. And this is, it's, I told you, I geek out on this stuff. So I went and I'm watching like these old finals games, right? And the commentators are talking about, well, you know, Phil Jackson called this or they, you know, they isolated Michael here or whatever. No, they didn't. It was just the option in triangle and Michael hunted it out and the team knew the offense so well. And they were so Jordan centric, frankly, right. that they knew, okay, Jordan's here. This is the action associated with the triangle that runs here. And we're going to hunt him because he, you know, is the straw that stirs the drink. Right. But, and there's little one-off actions that they would run like quick hitters or whatever, but it was, it, it blew my mind. I watched like, uh, the 91 finals against uh, was 91, right? With uh, magic magic's yeah. last finals yeah. and Jordan beat him. And I'm watching all these games and I'm like, Phil will go six games and call three sets. That's it. It was just the triangle. And it wasn't that I think there was that preconception. My generation had that Michael ruined the game, right? That like it bred this ISO ball, one-on-one hero, everything. And if you actually like look at what was being done, it was the option in the triangle. It right. wasn't clear everybody out and let Michael work. That's an Allen Iverson, Carmelo Anthony interpretation, a Kobe even to some degree before he got into the triangle interpretation of it. And I just, it just, it geeked out on it. And I thought, well, and look at, look at the difference that you, the evolution that it takes. They didn't have Shaq when they won the first six, right? The best post player they had was Luke Longley. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. Um, you're, and, and he Cartwright, was fine. Maybe Cartwright. Was it Cartwright early or might, yeah. have been, might have been? Yeah. And, and they were, they were fine, but they weren't 30 a game, 28 average a game. Right. And so then you take the, you evolve the triangle 
to, and I was like, okay, well then what happens when you have a dominant post player, you have Kobe, which is the anal analogy to, or the, you know, the, the similar to uh, Jordan, but there's no Shaq. So what's Shaq? Cause you don't have Pippen, right? So what's Shaq in the triangle It was still the triangle, right? It, it, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't this dramatic shift. It was the triangle the whole time. And it fascinated me. Do you need three bigs to run the triangle? Lord, no. And if you do, you're running it wrong. How many bigs do you need? One. And you can do it without one. All you could do, you could do, you could run the triangle. Like you could, um, there's teams that we play in our league with like their biggest player on the floor is 5'10". Right? Yeah. And they're playing, they're playing post on TV. She could be a post in the, in the triangle. Every single person needs to be able to post up and understand the action, the speed cuts that are coming off of it. How do you run split action off of it? Does everyone right? needs to be able to post is one of it? No. Not necessarily. You you because let's I got a say five you, ten guard that's tiny. Could he run triangle? Yes. Would he, would he be inside on the triangle ever? You you could you could post him up, but he would not probably not look to score. Right. There's action off of it, right? So when the ball is in the post, stuff is happening, right? And so then you're like, okay, well they're not looking to score, but the ball is at the rim. So like if you, for example. You know, you watch um, uh, the Clippers Sun series going on right now, and everybody's right. backing off of Westbrook. Right. <laughs> if you post up Westbrook, even if he's six inches short, like if Kevin Durant's guarding him on the block right. and Durant's towering over him, Durant's not going to leave him on the block. So now you're forcing a defender to to guard, guard. and not help, and now you have other action. Right. right. So it's almost like you don't have to have a post up game. You don't. You just have to understand the offense. Right. Now, I think it helps to have a post that can score because that you know I'm a post yeah. coach by heart and I like right. that stuff, but it's not a requirement. And what do you think's happened to the game that people moved away from the triangle? Uh, that's a really good question because as I was coming up and I asked a lot of coaching friends that I have, right, who have been head coaches, like and you know, and I'm new to the to Yakima and doing the whole thing. Um, and I was like, why don't more people do this? I don't understand. Like, what do I not know? Right. My assumption was, I don't know something. What do I not know? Why are we not, why aren't more people doing this? And I heard stuff like it's too hard for the kids to learn. They don't understand, you know, the coaches don't understand all the different options or they can't teach it or, and it was all like, there's not enough spacing. They're not getting enough three point shots. Right. It was, it all just sounded like to me, like it was excuses. Cause you watch like uh, what Jordan set the record for threes and and that got broke obviously, but he got set a record for threes and a half in a finals game running the triangle offense. So we can't run. Yes. You can right. shoot threes if you know where they are and your team knows where they are. Okay. Right. Um, but like we were a top 10 offense this year and I loved it. I loved our girls got so good at it that it didn't matter. This is the, I, I geek out on this. It didn't matter what the other team was running. Can, they I zone, be, they, can I zone you and you can do it? Yeah. It means nothing. If you zone me, throw to the open person. And here's all the, we already know all the options off of it. So if you zone us, you're either going to match up and then you're in man anyway, right. or you're going to leave somebody wide open who's one pass away. And is an even easy in a, Even in a one, three, one? Yep. Especially in a one, three, one, because you're running somebody into the corner on the inside cut so you're either going to pull the bottom person out into the corner, right? right. Or they're going to be late. So you're going to get a corner three or you're going to get an easy dump in, right? 
Right. And so again, so now, now you've got the dump in the weak side dive, right? Somebody's coming back. You, you can't, you, it forces you to match up. Hey everybody. I hope you're enjoying the podcast. Make sure you subscribe, like, um, we love those. Um, and send me an email, steve at teachhoops.com. Tell me what you want to hear in the future. Also go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. Have a great day. Sports Social Podcast Network.